0: Welcome to this episode of my podcast series, The View From My Middle Finger, where I look at the world through the many social media platforms. This is The View Through My Middle Finger, where your opinion matters, but The View always looks different from my middle finger.
1: Social trends. And challenges
0: it seems to be happening more often these days that's right the creation of new trends through the internet and social media which is largely responsible for the trend becoming popular and being taken up by the masses it's almost like a challenge which just must be met just so you can have bragging rights on the internet that you were able to do it whatever it might be it seems nothing is too much and everything is up for grabs in these high stakes of becoming the number Number one in the chosen challenge now I'm not saying that some of these challenges don't have social benefits you may recall the ice bucket challenge to raise awareness for ALS or motor neuron disease however most challenges or trends come and go and are perpetuated through social media and a sheepish mentality to mimic what others do driven by FOMO and for those who don't know what FOMO is It's the fear of missing out. In this episode of The View From My Middle Finger, we will look at trends and challenges that are perpetuated by the internet and social media. We will understand what drives people to follow these trends, and we will provide several examples which I'm sure many of you have tried or at least have heard of. Let's start this episode with the Ice Bucket Challenge, which started in 2014 and has raised millions of dollars for ALS. So where did it all start?
2: All right, we're back now in the social square for the very latest on the viral phenomenon. It's going crazy in everybody's Facebook feeds. It's called the Ice Bucket Challenge, if you haven't heard of it. You pour a bucket of ice cold water over your head for charity. So what actually inspired it all in the first place? Take a look. It's the icy wake-up call flooding the country. The Kennedys joining notables like Justin Timberlake, Martha Stewart, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie even joining in. And Canadian hockey player Paul Bizonette soaked in bone-chilling glacier water. Hundreds of thousands of social media users accepting the ice bucket challenge, dumping ice water on your head and daring others to do the same or donate to ALS research instead. Helping to raise at least $4 million in just the past two weeks
3: alone. We've seen probably a 10x increase in donations, but it's more about awareness.
2: ALS also known as Lou Gehrig's disease impacts the brain and spinal cord causing progressive paralysis. Pete Frates was diagnosed in 2012 It robbed the former Boston College baseball captain of his ability to walk and talk it was his idea though along with fellow ALS patient Pat Quinn to start the challenge. It's really beyond anything we could have imagined his wife Julie says the campaign is a game changer. Before this, you know, so many people just did not understand what
4: ALS was. We need people to rally around this cause and if people will keep pouring buckets of ice over their head, then so be it.
0: Let's look at some of the most memorable ice bucket challenges from the internet. This little girl from the UK takes the challenge with a very honest response to having a bucket of ice cold water poured all over her.
5: I know my Adam and Here
0: we go. now! And sometimes there were those who found it a little bit challenging to get the challenge right.
1: Here we go. Um, ready?
0: Yeah, I
5: got
0: recording?
5: it. Are okay. yeah, recording? Yeah, recording. One, two, three. I feel
0: like a bride. Vanessa, why did you do rice? Huh? Why did you do rice?
5: Because it's the rice bucket challenge.
0: No, no, Vanessa. It's ice. I-C-E and water. What? That's why everybody jumps around because they're cold. Now you just... I've I've never seen
3: a video.
0: It might pay to watch some of the challenges to get the idea as to what you're meant to do before you do it. Now we go from what could only be viewed as a worthwhile cause, to a challenge that could only be described as an inane set of challenges that went viral on TikTok. What the
4: fuck?! TikTok's an app where pretty much anybody can go viral. That's one of the things that draws people to the app in the first place. But unfortunately, the ways you go viral are usually participating in offensive, dangerous, and downright stupid challenges. Was it really worth it for a few hundred thousand or even a million views? You be the judge. I'm counting down the top 10 tiktok challenges that went way too far here for you on IO. Uh, Hi. Welcome back to IO. I'm charlotte. I've been serving you spicy trending news updates and disgusting burps. Since 2015, subscribe for a different take on the news and follow the IO team on social media. Starting off our list at number 10, the Mugshot Challenge. This one's a semi controversial challenge, which is why it's not higher up on our list. It wasn't really controversial until James Charles did it and brought it into the mainstream. Everybody hates everything he does, so. So, the Mugshot Challenge featured TikTok users recording themselves, applying smudged mascara, and messing up their hair before posing in front of a blank white wall, sometimes with a piece of paper, sometimes without, you know, like a mugshot. Mostly, it was a challenge where people showed off their makeup skills. But some people argued that the challenge glamorized incarceration and domestic violence. Regardless, the mugshot challenge racked up tens of millions of views before James Charles jumped on the bandwagon. After he did, he got a lot of criticism from victims who said that violence isn't a joke, a trend, or something to make light of. Safe to say, attempt this challenge with caution and with the assumption that you'll probably get hate for it. At number nine, the pee your pants challenge. Need I say more? Next up at number eight? (laughs) Just kidding. So TikTok users started the pee your pants challenge, where. You guessed it. You pee your pants. But you also have to have like a really dead pan look on your face. Creepy. Pretty creepy. Ain't no employer is going to hire you after they find a video of you peeing your pants on the internet. Which is why a hefty amount of the video submissions have actually been deleted. But apparently the pee your pants challenge was started by a 19 year old filmmaker and comedian called Liam Wire, who created the challenge as a parody of the other challenges that have gone viral in an attempt to show how stupid they are. Even he was surprised that it became a trend. But uh, also, he deleted his original pee your pants challenge video, and I don't blame him. <laughs> At number eight, the Cardi B WAP dance challenge. One of the best parts of Cardi B's song WAP was the TikTok dance challenge that came with it. I love the song to begin with, but the dance, like, so cool. The thing is, though, you could tell by watching that the choreography is really difficult and shouldn't honestly be attempted by anyone that isn't a professional dancer or an athlete. But that's not how you go viral, is it? The choreography was created by Brian Esperon and the video racked up millions of views. Huge TikTok stars jumped on the challenge as well. And it wasn't before long where people were actually reporting that they were popping at knees, ending up in the hospital after attempting the challenge. One TikTok user was taken to the hospital on a stretcher where her knee was popped back into place. And at the very least, you will end up with bruises, a pinched neck, and you'll probably have trouble walking for a week. But uh, you probably get a viral TikTok out of it. Maybe Cardi B will share it on her Instagram. So, decision's up to you. Don't say I didn't warn you. At number seven, the FaceTime Prank Challenge. This one was created by parents, shockingly. Parents who would pretend to FaceTime call Lizzie Velasquez, who was once branded the ugliest woman in the world by a YouTube video. Lizzie has a rare condition that prevents her from gaining weight, and she's been bullied about it most of her life over it. This is how she became an outspoken anti bullying activist and author. So, parents, because of the way that Lizzie looked, would pretend to FaceTime Lizzie and tell their kids that Lizzie was their new teacher for the upcoming school year. They would then film their child's reaction to Lizzie, which was Usually a scared reaction and laugh at it. Lizzie actually spoke out against the trend multiple times on TikTok, begging parents to teach their children that just cause someone is different, that doesn't mean that they aren't deserving of our respect and empathy. The good news is this challenge kind of morphed into something totally uplifting where parents would do the FaceTime prank challenge but teach their children why Lizzie looks different and why she deserves their respect. At number six, the earphones waist challenge. This trend actually started in China on the social media app Weibo, where people were posting pictures of their waist wrapped in headphones to show how skinny they were. The name of the game is to see how many times you can wrap your headphones around your waist. If you can wrap headphones around your waist, you can sit with us, is essentially the message this challenge is trying to send. In china, things are a bit different culturally. Fat shaming is not uncommon, in fact, it's pretty socially acceptable. Just look at all the times when chinese celebrities gain a little weight, internet users go crazy and so do tabloids. The beauty standard in china and in asia in general is much different, in that women and girls are expected to be a lot smaller. This is evident in the sizing in china. I felt like when I was shopping in china I had to go with like xxxl. <laughs> but I'll admit, I wanted to try this challenge when I saw it, and I low-key did. And I felt bad about myself because I couldn't wrap my headphones around. my waist more than once. This challenge is exactly the kind of thing that causes people to begin an eating disorder or to relapse after already having an eating disorder. Halfway there, at number 5, the autism challenge. Yes, you heard that correctly. The autism challenge essentially mocked and bullied people with disabilities, specifically people with autism. The challenge submissions featured people mocking those on the spectrum by mimicking movements and dance moves. Essentially this trend was mass bullying those with disabilities. The challenge prompted the autism society to campaign for tiktok to remove the videos from the platform, saying, the autism society demands that tiktok condemn and shut down the offensive autism challenge that mocks people with autism and other disabilities. In response, TikTok spokesperson said that the challenge actually did violate its community guidelines and they promised to take action on any content that violated their policies. At number four now, we have the Holocaust Challenge. You know when the Auschwitz Museum has to step in and tell you to stop being dumbasses, you done fed up. The Holocaust challenge on TikTok was this horrible trend where TikTok users were essentially dressing up and role-playing as Holocaust victims. Dead Holocaust victims, talking about how they died in concentration camps. People said that they were raising awareness, but I mean, like, ask any Jewish person. TikTok Holocaust challenge is. Uh... Unnecessary. Not to mention, people would probably just jump on the trend just to go viral, not everyone had good intentions. In a statement released by the Auschwitz museum, they said that the trend was hurtful and offensive. They said the trend, also called the victim's trend, was dangerously close or already beyond the border of trivialization of history. They did however add that we should discuss this not to shame and attack young people whose motivation seemed very diverse. number 3 Faking seizures. It was a thing to fake seizures or even your own death on tiktok in the spring of 2020. The trend was called the something traumatic trend. Why did this trend even begin? Well according to experts, and by experts I mean teenagers, tiktok users started faking seizures to juice world's song lucid dreams. People pretended to have a seizure and then spit water out. The freaky thing about this challenge though is juice world ended up dying of a seizure at a chicago airport and some people believe that the seizure challenge could have predicted or even caused his death. Depending on whether or not you believe in self fulfilling prophecies. But there was another issue with the seizure challenge, and that issue is seizures, sure as hell, are not funny to people who actually suffer from them. Teenage TikTok users were forced to delete their videos after subsequent backlash from the seizure challenge. At number two on this list, we have Drinking Nutmeg. Teens on TikTok started a trend during the COVID lockdown that was kind of like 2012's Cinnamon Challenge. But this time with nutmeg. The cinnamon challenge called for eating a spoonful of cinnamon in under 60 seconds without liquids. Which is pretty hard to do. But nutmeg is a little different, in that consuming 2 tablespoons of ground nutmeg in water is supposed to make you hallucinate, in a similar fashion to LSD. The fact is, nutmeg has actually been used as a drug. Since the 1500s, pregnant women would reportedly eat 10 to 12 nutmeg nuts and get high off it. It was also said to have been used in China, India, and the Middle East as a mood elevator since 700 BCE. Malcolm X also claimed to have used nutmeg to get high in his book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Unfortunately, with every high, there is a low, and abuse of any substance is never a good thing, especially when you combine it with other drugs. It can be fatal. Now, I've actually never done the nutmeg, but apparently it's not a fun high either. You're more than likely going to have a bad trip, you'll be anxious, agitated and paranoid. Worst case scenario, you'll have organ failure and lasting anxiety issues. That being said, if you sprinkle a little bit of nutmeg on your food, that could improve your mood. That rhymed. But definitely don't eat two spoonfuls. And at number 1 on this list we have the benadryl challenge. The benadryl challenge is this TikTok trend where essentially, the whole name of the game is to overdose on benadryl. Benadryl is an over the counter antihistamine and when you drink a lot of it, it causes hallucinations. Benadryl is diphenhydramine. It causes toxicity in a dose-dependent fashion, which means if you increase doses it can kill you. This is especially true for kids. Children between the ages of 6 and 12 are only supposed to take one tablet of benadryl every 4 to 6 hours. Even if you're an adult, you should never take more than 6 doses in 24 hours. Unfortunately with the case of the benadryl challenge, child TikTok users were taking up to 12 doses at once, increasing the risk for cardiac arrhythmias and seizures. According to news 4 in oklahoma city. 150 15 year old girl suffered a fatal overdose while trying to do the challenge. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the worst case scenario. There were other children as well who were taken to the hospital after doing the challenge. Safe to say, this TikTok challenge went way too far.
0: Not all challenges or trends are wholesome or fun, or without danger. This next grab is a sad tale of a young man who attempted a ridiculous challenge involving holding your breath until you black out while videoing or live streaming. Unfortunately, as you'll find out, it did not end well.
6: A 12 year old boy is on life support after his parents say he may have tried a social media challenge. He told me the bad news that he's not gonna survive, he's not gonna make it. I just couldn't think of it, I couldn't imagine. Joshua Haliosis was found unconscious in the bathroom of his family's Colorado home by his brother. His father says Joshua appears to have tried to choke himself with a shoelace. He was taken to the hospital, but after a week, his father says he was told that there is nothing more that medicine can do for his son. I was begging them on the floor, pleading to see if they can give me some time, just don't give up on him, don't give up on him. It's just heartbreaking to see him laying on the bed. The family says they believe Joshua was doing a social media challenge, similar to what is known as the blackout challenge, where people try to hold their breath for as long as they can. Now this grieving father wants other parents to know that these so-called challenges are not games. I'm paying the price right now, and I hate other parents to go through this. A GoFundMe account has been set up to help the family.
0: It goes to the question as to how far people are willing to go to meet expectations or challenges which will make them popular. For some, it's chasing fame or acceptance through social media. Now, some who undertake the challenges should know better. However, those at greatest risk are those that have yet to develop common sense or fear of consequence. In this next grab from the internet, we find kids roaming the streets shooting gel guns at passers-by until they get arrested by the police. Well,
7: developing tonight a warning about a new social media challenge. Teens are shooting pellets at strangers with airsoft
3: guns.
8: Very disturbing. Fox 35's Holly Bristow is live in Winter Garden where one of those shootings happened. So Holly, these guns may be fake, but this is still very dangerous. It certainly is two of the victims have actually been hit in the face and these little gel filled beads have missed hitting their eyes by less than an inch. Investigators say while these may be toys, it turns into a criminal act and even a felony. If you shoot these into a vehicle or into a home.
0: All right, it's going to be one of those Orbeez guns. It's the same. Same occurrence that happened yesterday that we have two in custody for. And I got three over here.
8: Five Volusia County teens handcuffed in the last week and charged after deputies say they shot innocent bystanders with airsoft gel blaster guns like these.
9: So there's
7: little green in here, the little plastic ones.
3: The uh, slid- the yeah,
7: they're like little plastic.
8: All right, we'll take those for
7: evidence. All right. Law
8: enforcement agencies from New Smyrna Beach to Ocala putting out a warning saying this so-called Orbeez challenge can get you in big trouble.
0: Three male juveniles and uh, female juvenile pulled into the parking garage in um, a silver or gray um, Hyundai
8: Winter Garden police now looking for four teens accused of shooting a man on a ladder from the second floor of this public parking garage.
0: If it was black it'd be like a small subcompact machine gun but um, it's obviously a toy.
4: Fox
8: 35 News speaking exclusively with the victim by phone.
5: Uh, I was shot probably about 30 times in the back and then I turned around and looked and a couple times in the face Wow!
8: it sounded like an airsoft gun like we found these gel blaster guns and orbies for sale online in big box stores. While they're found in the toy aisle, Captain Scott Allen warns they can get you in big trouble if used to shoot
0: people. The kids, they think it's funny, but they do understand that they're violating the law, and um, they're committing a battery. Um, if the pellet happens to injure the person to the point where it breaks the skin or something like that, you could be looking at a felony charge. Um, and these are things that don't go go away. Could ruin your whole future it's lucky they themselves didn't get shot in another moronic sheepish action a challenge which asked kids to destroy the school's bathroom went viral believe it or not i mean what the hell does it take to get these kids to take up a challenge here's a challenge hey go and clean your fucking room challenge how do you like that one now
9: a warning to students and to parents whose kids use tiktok Schools across the country and here in Florida are seeing damage like this because of a challenge trending on the social media app. It's called the Devious Licks Challenge. Kids are encouraged to damage their school bathrooms and commit other acts of vandalism, then post videos and pictures of it to the platform. In the past week, every single high school in Pasco County has been hit, every single one of them, as well as some middle schools. Hillsborough County is also reporting about 15 to 20 incidences. And they say the kids are doing things like destroying soap dispensers, breaking urinals, clogging toilets, and stealing fire hydrants and exit signs. The damages are estimated to be in the tens of thousands of dollars, most of which is to the plumbing systems. Students who are caught committing these challenges are not only facing discipline from the school, from
10: people, but from police, depending on the level of what they did, we're talking about restitution. We're talking about a number of other things. So I guess our big message is that you know you may see this as being a prank and just something that uh, that gets a laugh on social media, but I mean it rises to the level of criminal behavior, and that's pretty serious.
9: Some schools have even gone as far as to install surveillance cameras to catch kids in the act. They're also urging parents to talk to their children so they understand the consequences of doing this. Sheriff Grady Judd isn't taking the matter lightly. The Polk School District only knows of two incidents so far, but the sheriff says if you're caught, you will feel the full weight of the law.
7: We see this as organized criminal conduct and If you go in and vandalize or steal, you're going to be criminally charged. This is not a childish mistake. This is high school kids doing an organized criminal act, and they're going to be held appropriately accountable.
9: TikTok is responding by removing all content associated with Devious Licks Challenge, and they're redirecting users to its community guidelines.
0: So why do people take on these challenges without thinking of the consequences? Let's see what this internet psychologist thinks may be behind the phenomenon.
1: It might seem a little hard to believe that we live in a day and age where otherwise healthy people would willingly ingest laundry detergent or burn their arms on a hot stove, but challenge videos. Are all the rage, and they have been for a long time, so it seems like they're here to stay. Before Tide Pods and Hot Coils, there was the cinnamon challenge. You eat a spoonful of powdered cinnamon, never mind the potentially life threatening effects on your throat and lungs. Other challenges have involved lighting yourself on fire, rubbing your skin off with erasers, or pouring vodka into your open eyes. Which begs the eternal question why? As in, Why is anyone doing any of these things? Some of the obvious factors, like a thirst for stardom, or a fat check from advertisers, or just easy content that's not super hard to make, might be part of it. But psychologists think that what it really comes down to is an unfortunate combination of social media and developing brains. You might think that you'd need to have half a brain to even attempt any of these challenges. And you would be kind of right, at least in the sense that brain size and shape may be a factor. Most of the people trying this stuff are kids and teenagers. And they're probably doing it for the same reason people in those age groups often make other irrational decisions. And I can look back at my own past, and I know that I made those decisions as well. Your brain is still developing until well into your 20s. In teenagers and young adults, the brain is still growing. And its architecture is changing as new neural connections are being made and others snipped. And this might result in, like me, going out in my friend's backyard and making a bomb, which was a bad idea. Some areas of the brain maturity faster than others. Among the first are frontal striatal reward circuits, which encourage you to seek new, more adult-like experiences. You know, to explore, experiment, and figure out your place in the world separate from your family. At the same time, your brain becomes more sensitive to Well, pretty much everything, but especially neurological rewards. That's because, in addition to these raging hormones, you start producing more receptors for the neurotransmitter dopamine in your brain. So, to teenage you, roller coasters are more thrilling, love is more exciting, and life quite literally tastes sweeter. And because of that, teens tend to want more of everything. Psychologists have found that reward seeking behaviors are highest in 12 to 15 year olds, while sensation seeking peaks in 17 to 18 year olds. But even though all of this Encourages independence to prepare teens for their adult lives, it also makes them more prone to impulsive and risky behaviors. And while teenage brains are favoring all of this dopamine fueled risk taking, pruning and reshaping is still happening in the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of your brain that's responsible for impulse control and rational thinking. And it doesn't mature until well into your 20s. So from the ages of around 12 to 24, your brain is pretty much wired to make you take risks. Yet your ability to evaluate how risky those things really are is impaired. Which helps explain why riskier behaviors—violence, criminal behavior, unprotected sex, reckless driving, and recreational drug use—are so much more common in people under the age of 25. Maybe a mouthful of cinnamon isn't that bad, considering. Of course, teens and college kids doing stupid stuff is nothing new. But social media is new, and it makes these dopamine-driven stunts more visible. So if you didn't grow up with social media, part of why it might seem like less of this was happening in your day? is that everything the youngins are doing now is just more public. At the same time, in developing brains, the feeling that everyone could be watching hits a nerve — or certain collections of neurons, at least. In a 2012 study on 40 adolescents, 14 young adults, and 12 regular adults, researchers investigated this using fMRI, a technique that measures brain activity levels based on blood flow. The team found that when the adolescents in particular were told their choices in a simulated driving game were being monitored by a peer, they had greater activation in the ventral striatum and the orbitofrontal cortex. Those areas help assess the value of potential rewards, and they tended to be more active when the teens were making risky decisions. The same effect has shown up in other studies, and it supports the idea that teens anticipate a greater feeling of reward when their peers are around, so they take bigger risks. That makes a lot of sense, because we're a very social species. For our ancestors, rejection could literally be a death sentence. So our brains perceive any social reinforcement as rewarding, just like any of the other things we need to survive. Since social media is basically the equivalent of having tons of people watching, that can feel like a lot of potential extra reward, maybe enough to make eating laundry detergent seem worth it. For example, a 2016 study of 32 teenagers found that those early developing frontostriatal reward circuits activated more when they looked at photos they'd posted that got more likes. Meanwhile, when they looked at pictures of their peers doing risky things, like underage drinking, they had less activity in the areas of the brain associated with cognitive control. Those are the processes involved in working toward a goal, rather than acting on an impulse. So it's more than just a general predisposition to do risky things while not being being all that great at evaluating the consequences. Having peers around, even if they're just watching on social media, might lead to both a greater feeling of reward and a tendency to be more impulsive. When it comes to viral videos, that could add up to a desire to eat detergent or rub your skin off with an eraser. Sure, it's dangerous, but it can be hard for the developing brain to care very much. At the same time, likes and views feel like the social approval we are all so desperately seeking. Of course, not every teenager was eating Tide Pods by a long stretch, and not every person eating a Tide Pod was a teenager. Those individual differences are what researchers are digging into now, hoping to figure out the best ways to reduce the dangers young adults pose to themselves. Because social media is not going away, and teens will do dangerous stuff with or without it. So psychologists want to better understand why some people take small risks while others take life-threatening ones. If there are ways to guide where a young person's behavior lands on that spectrum, maybe we can help people Stay away from things like eating detergent or making a bomb in Drew's backyard. If you're watching, hey Drew, how's fun.
0: No. Some of the most view-worthy and popular challenge videos relate to food. So let's take a look at some of these now, starting with what could only be described as a very acquired taste. Sastroming is a Swedish favorite and is made from fermented Baltic sea herring mmm now I'm sure the Swedes would tell you to taste the fish in a very small portion however it appears someone forgot to tell these guys in the following internet grab
10: all right hey guys uh, thick boys are back we have another challenge and this is one that I've been dreading uh, this was purchased for us to try it is called sestraming now it's a Swedish fish or a Swedish product that they that they uh, typically Eat there, which they thoroughly enjoy. However, here in America, we're not typically used to this type of thing. Uh, it is a fish; it's a herring uh, from the Baltic Sea that is aged for six months, and, and fermented. It's, it's fermented. Yeah, uh, it's fermented before it's canned, and it's supposed to be the smelliest food in the world. It's going to be much more pungent. I will say that. Is that door open enough? We were going to do this outside. <laughs> Why are you covering your face? <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it too. Alright, let's go. I want to laugh when it cracks over and squirts right on your face. I came prepared with a puke bucket just in case. <laughs> You're a braver man than me. <laughs>
0: Now, while the eating of fermented fish may have made you dry reach, it pales into insignificance when you compare it to the world of competitive eating. So let's look at what this type of challenge does to your body.
7: This is Nella Zizzer. She ate a 10,000 calorie English breakfast in 42 minutes, 20 eggs, 3 pounds of meat, and almost a whole pound of butter. I gotta admit it looks delicious, but still. Competitive eating has taken off in the US and around the world, and doing it really comes down to three things. What's happening biologically, what's happening mentally, and how they got like this. So let's start at the beginning. Before eating, the stomach muscles relax, in a process called gastric accommodation. It's a way the body anticipates a meal. Saliva builds up in the mouth, and the stomach is bombarded with acid and enzymes that help in the digestion process. This happens with everyone, and competitive eaters are no different. But it's about there that the similarities between Thanksgiving and competition end. When you eat, your body has systems to tell you when it's full. Competitive eaters, sort of like distance runners, have trained themselves to push through these kinds of natural barriers. So the eater shoves the first pie, hot dog, or taco into their mouth, it travels down the esophagus, and it enters the stomach. The stomach recognizes that this is food, and it starts to stretch to accommodate. A regular human stomach starts out about the size of a clenched fist and can expand five fold, but a competitive eater's stomach can stretch quite a bit more. A study from 2007 published scans of a competitive eater's stomach before, during, and after he ate 36 hot dogs. This is a human. Before shoving these tube steaks into his body, his stomach looks pretty wrinkly, kind of like an uninflated balloon. Then, after the bushel of brats, it looks like this. Look at that. This is horrifying! The researchers found the eater's stomach could accept a quote, almost unlimited amount of food. Bah! It's hard to know exactly how much a competitive eater's stomach could expand, because studies are thin on the ground, but here's what we think is happening. Eaters eat. A lot. Chronic overeating stretches the stomach, making it easier to consume massive amounts of food during competition, but there's more to it than that. The enteric nervous system is like a mini brain specifically for your gut. It's made up of more than 100 million nerve cells that line the walls of our digestive tract, and it's there to keep food moving and to communicate problems, like perhaps a crammed tummy. Some people's enteric nervous systems may be less sensitive than others, allowing them to chow down on crazy amounts of food, so perhaps competitive eaters have that as an advantage. Scientists have also found links between the brain and the gut. The bacteria living down there share a two way communication channel with the brain. Stress and depression can suppress gut function. But perhaps there's a way to consciously tap into that to eat more food. More research is needed. Competitive eaters do say the key to speed eating is the ability to zone out and ignore the feeling that they're full. So that's it. Stretch your stomach, overcome the feeling of being full, and just really like hot dogs. But then what? Let's say you ate 70 hot dogs, which is like 15 pounds and over 20,000 calories. Then what? You know what I'm saying? Once eating competitions are over, no one really knows what happens, because competitors aren't exactly gabbing to reporters about their bodily functions. But I bet you it's not great. And if that's not enough, there are absolutely some serious downsides to eating like this. Researchers have called competitive eating potentially self-destructive. It can cause things like water intoxication or obesity but also the need for a gastrectomy, which means removing part of the stomach, or gastroparesis, which is when a stomach becomes so stretched, it's unable to digest food. In fact, depending on what kinds of foods are being consumed, this behavior can increase the risk of heart attack or kidney damage. But aside from that, eaters also risk something basic, choking during these challenges. While professional contests have medics standing by, the amateur ones often don't. People can die at these things, seriously. So FYI, I love hot dogs too. But don't try this at home people. Just don't. I do like hot dogs though. Kind of hungry.
0: Now, let's look at some of the crazy challenges and trends that really went viral and which reached a huge audience and therefore followers keen to follow these trends.
11: 10 internet crazes that went too far. Number 10, the Kylie Jenner challenge. According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, more than 27,000 lip procedures took place in the US in 2015. That's one procedure performed every 20 minutes. And while getting the fuller pout can cost up to $2,000, for those who didn't want to splash out on the cost that year, there was the Kylie Jenner challenge. YouTuber Jenna Marbles is said to have started the craze by uploading a video which jokingly told viewers to use the shot glass suction method to get bigger lips like Kylie. In months the video had over 4.5 million views. Dermatologic surgeon Dr Dendy Engelman warned that not only can significant pain, swelling and bruising result from these suction techniques, but there is potential risk for scarring and permanent disfigurement with repeated attempts. And this is exactly what happened when the internet craze went too far. Thousands of participants posted videos or photos of themselves attempting to temporarily enlarge their lips and, for many of them, it left long-term damage. Number 9. Pokemon Go Pokemon Go is a game for mobile devices in which the player can capture, train and battle digital Pokemon characters in real-life locations, thanks to GPS-enabled camera smartphones. It racked up over 100 million downloads by the end of its release month in July 2016, making it one of the most popular downloaded mobile apps ever. But the craze was linked to an increase in the number of traffic accidents. Two professors from Purdue University in Indiana researched the game's effect on traffic accidents by studying data from one county in the state between March 2015 and November 2016. Analysis of the data found that while the number of accidents increased across the entire county, the likelihood of an accident occurring within 100 meters of a Pokéstop was 26.5% higher. The study concludes that $500,000 worth of vehicle damage, 31 injuries and 2 deaths in the county appear to have been related to the Pokémon GO craze. Number 8. YOLO YOLO is an acronym for You Only Live Once, and is often used as a hashtag to denote out-of-the-blue or irresponsible behavior. It was popularized in 2011 after featuring on the single The Motto by artist Drake. The crags are so popular that ABC noted that 36.6 million tweets have included the YOLO acronym since it first transpired. Rap artist Tiger used YOLO when he got his tattoo on his face, while Zac Efron even has a tattoo of YOLO itself on his hand. But some people took the concept a bit too far. In 2012, 21-year-old Irvin McKinnis used the acronym while he essentially live-tweeted his drunken car crash, which led to his death. He used his Twitter account to broadcast that he was speeding and drink-driving, before including the YOLO hashtag, just minutes before the car crashed in Ontario, Canada, and killed everyone inside. The car went through a red light and crashed into a wall at the speed of 120 miles per hour. Number 7. The Fire Challenge. The depths of stupidity on the internet never seem to end, as evidenced by the fire challenge. This pain endurance task entails the participants dousing themselves in flammable substances before setting themselves alight. The challenge part is putting out the flames before you, well, burn to death. One of the first fire challenge videos was uploaded in April 2012. And in April 2013, a Vine user introduced the hashtag, hashtag fire to accompany vines that involve bringing a flame in contact with your body. The craze increased thereon in with media coverage of the dangerous challenge peaking in July 2014. But the peak in coverage of the challenge was for all the wrong reasons, with many of the headlines involving people who were left scarred for life as a result of having a go. A teen from Florida ended up on life support in intensive care after taking part in the challenge in which he obtained burns all over 20% of his body. His skin came off, his arms had peeled and his hair was burned. Number 6. Car Surfing Car surfing, also referred to as urban surfing, is a stunt where people get out of a moving car and perform activities like standing on the roof or hanging out the window. While the craze has been around since the mid-80s and especially in rap music, its recent surge in popularity has been attributed to the release of the video game Grand Theft Auto. According to a report published by the Journal of Neurosurgery, the area most commonly injured in this game is the head. In the patients studied in the report, many of them suffered from traumatic head injury, while some sustained long-term neurological damage. According to a Center for Disease Control report between 1990 and 2008, 41 people were injured in car surfing accidents while 58 people have died. That's more than have died from actual surfing… in water… with sharks. 21-year-old Briton Stuart Barnes and 20-year-old Jimmy Nyland, his Swedish friend, were killed instantly when holding onto the luggage rail of a car when the driver lost control and it crashed into a tree. Number 5. The Blue Whale Challenge The Blue Whale Challenge involves an online game in which players follow instructions to commit acts of self-harm over 50 days, before, on the final day, being urged to win by committing suicide. If the participants refuse to complete their tasks, the administrator leads players to believe it will release sensitive information online from the accounts that they have used to sign up for the game. An early version of the game is rumored to have been launched on the Russian social network VK in 2013. And in 2016, Russian news site RT reported that groups on VK were linked to 130 teen suicides in Russia. The game has since spread to other parts of the world, including Central Asia and the US. In 2017, 15-year-old Isaiah Gonzalez was found dead hanging from his closet in his home in San Antonio, Texas. His phone was propped near his body, where he had been broadcasting his suicide on social media. Isaiah's family suspected he was doing the Blue Whale Challenge, after finding photos he sent to friends in which he is shown completing self-harm tasks. Number 4. The Cinnamon Challenge The cinnamon challenge involves attempting to swallow a tablespoon of cinnamon without being sick or inhaling the powder. The earliest known attempt at this game can be traced back to 2001, but the craze really took off in December 2011, with thousands of people uploading videos of themselves attempting the challenge. In 2011, the US American Association of Poison Control Centers received 51 Cinnamon Challenge related calls, while in 2012 the number increased to 178 calls, with 30 incidents requiring medical attention. While challengers may see it as harmless fun, and in some cases it may well be, that was far from the case for 13-year-old Dutch boy Germain after his attempt at the cinnamon challenge went horribly wrong in 2015. He fell unconscious and hit his head on a tree, leaving him in a coma for five days. Number 3. Aerosol Challenge The Aerosol Challenge is a relatively recent internet craze that involves spraying aerosol deodorant directly onto bare skin for as long as possible, the aim being to see who can endure the pain for the longest but the closest of the spray causes the skin to intensely burn and leaves horrific marks. The British Skin Foundation warned that, short-term, it is both painful and damaging, but prolonged exposure could lead to permanent damage or disfigurement. And this is exactly what happened to a 12-year-old girl from Glasgow, who was left scarred for her life and faced skin grafts after taking part in the craze, which left her with a hole burned in her arm. The craze is similar to one a few years ago called the Salt and Ice Challenge which saw teenagers compete over skin burns. It involved people burning themselves by holding a piece of ice to a layer of salt on their skin. Number 2. The Pass Out Challenge This internet craze hardly needs an introduction, I mean, you can kind of get it from the name. But, in essence, it's a choking game which has been around since 1995, in which time has been the root cause of several deaths. The game sees youngsters film themselves choking before posting the footage online, not realizing they can kill themselves or cause lasting damage. It is designed to induce a natural high, by depriving the brain of oxygen, which can only be done by extensive hyperventilation or strangulation. Strangulation bruises the throat which swells up and blocks the airways, preventing oxygen from getting to the lungs. It is yet another craze that went too far, resulting in 82 deaths in the US between 1995 and 2007, and is a craze which is still not drowned to a halt. In 2016, 12 year old Carnal Horton from Birmingham is believed to have lost consciousness and suffocated after taking part in the dangerous online craze. He was taken to hospital but could not be saved. And number one, the Hot Pepper Challenge. The Hot Pepper Challenge is a popular dare game involving eating extremely hot peppers, usually the Ghost Pepper. Since 2011, the game has become well known for the extreme side effects, such as profound sweating and vomiting and thousands of videos of people attempting the challenge have been uploaded onto YouTube. In November 2011, the comedy website Rooster Teeth uploaded a video titled Ghost Pepper Challenge, featuring three men eating ghost peppers. Today it is the seventh hottest pepper in the world, and the first pepper to measure over one million Scovilles, the scale used to measure the spiciness of food. To give you an idea, Tabasco sauce is only 7 to 8,000 on the scale. The popularity of this craze really took off in 2012 when YouTuber Glozell Green uploaded a hot pepper challenge video. The video currently has over 34 million views, but not everyone could handle the pepper as well as Glozell Green. A man spent 23 days in hospital after doing the challenge, when the pepper burned a hole in his windpipe. He underwent surgery and medics found a 2.5cm hole, which could have killed him.
0: What the fuck?! Jeez, how far are people willing to go to imitate what others do online? It seems to any length, even to the point of injury or death. Or do they? Perhaps not all we hear or see on the internet is completely truthful. You think so? And maybe perpetuating the story is designed to get a greater publicity. Well, at least that's what the following contributor to this episode believes.
3: Internet challenges are a fickle beast. They can do a lot of good for the world, but they can also harm. However, more often than not, the danger of the latest internet challenge is blown way out of proportion, with articles claiming everyone is doing it for the sake of generating outrage. It's easy to breed worry about children eating Tide Pods or breaking backs over milk crates or destroying entire school bathrooms in the form of devious licks thus perpetuating the awareness and longevity of each of these activities. However, in most cases challenges are often completely fabricated in terms of how likely to kill they actually are, as teenagers are less likely to blindly follow others than you might think. In order to understand why people do these so-called challenges and why they're so popular, we first have to define the act, after all this is something more or less specific to internet culture, and as a result it has its own specific rules. Whilst it doesn't seem to possess any standard definition, Wikipedia describes an internet challenge as recording an action and daring others to repeat it. However, this definition is fairly inaccurate and outdated, as there is often no need to dare others to copy an action once it is uploaded and shared with millions. The Milk Crate Challenge was only named as such because it took on the functionality and structure of an internet challenge. Originally, it was only called the Milk Crate Game. Devious licks are another fantastic example. Often it's described as a challenge, but it more so takes on the form of a trend. Broken bones and stolen soap dispensers aside, challenges have the power to change society, actually improving the lives of others. This is why it's important to understand how they're presented in media, and why Internet Challenge became such a massive buzzword over time. Almost every challenge has been recorded as dangerous by the media, as a wacky new ploy that obviously inferior, newer generations are killing themselves with. This results in what can be described as a moral panic, a widespread irrational fear often boosted by social media, wherein an echo chamber takes everything to the worst case scenario. Despite the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge raising a quarter of a billion dollars for charity and research in only eight weeks, it too was often demonised online. It taps into the fear surrounding new technology, a fear of the unknown and the inability to understand new culture. If you take a look at any of the articles online attempting to define challenges, they'll often reference outdated social media spaces such as Blogspot or Google Plus as key contributors to promoting trends. Often, this will be accompanied by obligatory news bulletins screaming about the end of the youth today because they're too stupid to not kill themselves following all the other teens. Of course, there is some merit in assuming kids are doing something simply because other kids are doing it. That's a well-documented social phenomenon, but sometimes this fact is taken advantage of and sensationalized just for more outrage and views. The classic line, if it bleeds, it leads, is somewhat responsible for the negative perception the world tends to hold against challenges, as it's true that showing evidence of people being harmed by these acts sells far better than reports of them being safe. Teenagers and kids tend to be one of the most vulnerable groups in society. Aside from social media, they're written off to the side as unable to defend themselves or have a voice. Considering the institutions that sell the biggest stories are often staffed by older people. Hence, it's easy to demote them as willing to follow anything when quite often it's not everyone who is taking part, it's just a select few that get a lot of attention. This animosity towards teenagers can be proven simply by googling any of the biggest challenges to exist in the past two decades, and it's clear they are often deemed responsible for causing harm. So, let's take a look at the challenge timeline and how each of the biggest internet fads have been treated to a moral panic. It could be argued the longest running internet challenge is that of the cinnamon challenge, which was first documented online in 2001. It is found to be dangerous as it fills lungs with clogging dust when breathed in. Then planking took the world by storm from 2010 to 2011, and whilst it was a simple act of pretending to be a wooden plank, it was also deemed incredibly dangerous as people fell off of buildings and great heights. You wouldn't think the Harlem Shake from 2013 was dangerous considering it was just a bunch of people dancing, but college students did it on a plane, allegedly warranting an investigation from the feds the ALS ice bucket challenge that swept 2014 was probably the most socially responsible challenge, raising awareness for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and earning up to a quarter of a billion dollars for research and charities in just eight weeks. Of course, it was then discovered that the challenge was deadly and can kill, according to Forbes. Then, the great bottle flip mania of 2016 was banned by some schools over safety fears, which of course was reported widely on. The Tide Pod challenge of 2018 is perhaps one of the biggest trends people talk about when it comes to the internet. It started off as an ironic joke, with memes about them being a forbidden snack exploding in 2017, leading to articles about them being eaten, fabricated and misrepresenting it as a deadly new challenge. People pretended to eat them by biting into them or putting them on pizza, but it got so blown out of proportion by the media that it caused a moral panic and is still commonly referenced today. While some were allegedly hospitalised as they ingested laundry detergent, perhaps by accident no one actually died. Hot off the heels of Tide Pods was the condom snorting challenge, which never actually happened yet was utilised as an example of teenage stupidity. The milk crate challenge of August and July this year elicited a ton of warnings from doctors after they were approached by journalists, but there were few if any records of direct hospitalisation. However, the biggest and arguably most destructive trend to hit 2021 is that of the devious lick. Whilst not labelled a challenge per se, there are certainly instances of the media describing it as such. It has actually destroyed entire school bathrooms and has become one of the most popular trends to sweep the internet given its immediately violent and visceral nature, although it has seen students basically incriminating themselves after being recorded stealing school property. That said, it should be interesting to see if it goes much further, as at this time of publication, it's still quite a big deal. However, this is again being conducted by a small minority. It would appear most students wanted to stop or are not participating, but these are not going to be the stories we hear about as it is much more exciting to report on the woes of humanity. Clearly, the moral panic surrounding internet challenges will hardly go away anytime soon. As long as they can generate outrage and clickbait, tabloid news organisations will be more than happy to run stories on them claiming the newest generation is doomed to eternal stupidity. It boils down to the phone-bad arguments Boom has been trotting out for half a century, parasitically seeking to eke out attention in the form of audience anger, disregarding the fact that the information it pushes to the forefront is misleading and often just plain wrong. Unfortunately, even though very little people are actually hurt because of these challenges, the minority who are will inevitably become the focus of every organisation claiming they're reporting the facts in the interest of the children. The children, of course, conveniently being unable to voice the real story themselves, except perhaps in the form of being angry about devious licks, which may point toward larger solidarity and truth in the future.
0: So how addictive are these trends and challenges? We mentioned earlier in the episode about the term FOMO, fear of missing out. The logical approach to addressing an addiction would be to acknowledge that you have an issue and then change the behaviour. If the addiction is the internet then logically getting off it would go some way to addressing the issue. Let's understand what FOMO is and how difficult FOMO makes it for some who are addicted to remove themselves from the internet and make FOMO a thing of the past. Picture this.
10: You log into social media and you see this picture of some friends at a party. Scroll down and here's a video of a friend cliff diving in Cancun. A number of friends are talking about Garden Cop and you haven't seen it yet. And now you start feeling something called FOMO, or fear of missing out. FOMO is the anxiety we experience when we feel there's something exciting happening elsewhere and we're not a part of it. It's been around for a long time, but these days it's triggered mostly by posts on social media. Social media gives us instant access to the activity of our friends. That's what it's there for. And this can be a good thing, but it also makes it all too easy for us to compare our lives to theirs. This can lead us to second-guessing our decisions and feeling insecure in general. It can even get to the point when there's a looming sense of FOMO even when we're not online. So how do we kick this FOMO? An answer that might quickly spring to mind is to simply quit social media. But that's not practical for a lot of people. Instead of quitting, you can try limiting your time on it, or even just taking a few days off. This can give you a chance to focus on what's important in your life, and enjoy the things that you are doing without comparing them to others. The lives of our friends do sometimes look pretty exciting online. But let's put some quotation marks around the word lives. Their social media activity isn't their actual life, per se. It's more of a highlight reel of exciting things they've posted to contribute to their online identity. It's easy to see these highlights and think, my life just isn't as exciting as theirs. But what we're usually not seeing is what's going on behind the scenes. The negative things, or the boring routine of their day-to-day lives. They may post something awesome, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just a short snippet of their day. The odds are, when they're not out doing these awesome things, they probably experience just as much FOMO as you do.
0: So, what does all the stress from FOMO, in addition to spending time on the internet, do to a person, and how does it affect our brains?
5: With social media sites being used by one third of the entire world, they've clearly had a major influence on society. But what about our bodies? Here are 5 crazy ways that social media and the internet are affecting your brain right now. Can't log off? Surprisingly, 5-10% to 10% of internet users are actually unable to control how much time they spend online. Though it's a psychological addiction as opposed to a substance addiction, brain scans of these people actually show a similar impairment of regions that those with drug dependence have. Specifically, there's a clear degradation of white matter in the regions that control emotional processing, attention, and decision making. Because social media provides immediate rewards with very little effort required, your brain begins to rewire itself, making you desire these stimulations, and you begin to crave more- of this neurological excitement after each interaction. Sounds a little like a drug, right? We also see a shift when looking at multitasking. You might think that those who use social media or constantly switch between work and websites are better at multitasking, but studies have found that when comparing heavy media users to others, they perform much worse during task switching tests. Increased multitasking online reduces your brain's ability to filter out interferences and can even make it harder for your brain to commit information to memory. Like when your phone buzzes in the middle of productive work. Or wait, did it even buzz? Phantom vibration syndrome is a relatively new psychological phenomenon where you think you felt your phone go off, but it didn't. In one study, 89% of test subjects said they experienced this at least once every two weeks. It would seem that our brains now perceive an itch as an actual vibration from our phone. As crazy as it seems, technology has begun to rewire our nervous system, and our brains are being triggered in a way they never have before in history. Social media also triggers a release of dopamine, the feel-good chemical. Using MRI scans, scientists found that the reward center in people's brains are much more active when they're talking about their own views as opposed to listening to others. Not so surprising, we all love talking about ourselves, right? But it turns out that while 30-40% to 40% of face-to-face conversations involve communicating our own experiences, around 80% of social media communication is self-involved. The same part of your brain related to orgasms, motivation, and love are stimulated by your social media use, and even more so when you know you have an audience. Our body is physiologically rewarding us for talking about ourselves. Online, But it's not also self-involved. In fact, studies on relationships have found that partners tend to like each other more if they meet for the first time online rather than with a face-to-face interaction. Whether it's because people are more anonymous or perhaps more clear about their future goals, there's a statistical increase in successful partnerships that started online. So, while the internet has changed our verbal communication with increased physical separation, perhaps the ones that matter the most end up even closer.
0: As I do, at the end of each of my podcasts, I withdraw my- my middle finger and dial down the sarcasm and let me increase the level of sincerity. Is it too late to pull back from the brink? Can we all perhaps get some time away from the internet and social media and overcome the FOMO? That may be a question for all the listeners to the view from my middle finger. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the growing following we have been receiving for the show and from the many emails we've been receiving and suggestions we will continue to present interesting topics with a View Middle Finger style. We would love it if you could spread the word on the View From My Middle Finger podcast to your friends and strangers. I'm your host, DGAF, and this has been The View from My Middle Finger. You can listen to my podcast episodes on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and wherever good podcasts are found. You can also check out our website. Just search for tvfmmf.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com tvfmmfinger. And remember, if you don't like The View from My Middle Finger, too bad, try your own.